Hi, this is Mark. I'm one of the senior pastors from Hope Church Malmesbury. I want to personally thank you for downloading or listening online to this sermon cast from Hope Church. We, we share these messages because they really spoke to us. We value their, their content and uh, the anointing that's upon them. And I pray that they bring a fresh revelation of God's love for you today. And if you're able to support the work of Hope Church and the cost of sharing these messages online, then you can go to our website, www.thehope.church give and follow the instructions on that page. And if you're every mum's on a Sunday morning, you will always receive a very warm welcome at Hope Church. And now, let's join today's message. Are you sitting comfortably? Or are you numb? Have you been sat in the same place for too long? You know, a numb bum can be the sign of a really good book. Because you sit too long, kind of reading it. But I wonder how many of you have ever suffered from Bible bum? When you go numb because you've sat for too long reading your Bible. I mean, I know that I've had, you know, confession time, I've had Facebook-induced numbum. I've had YouTube-induced numbum. I've had a Terry Pratchett numbum. But I'm ashamed to say I don't think I've ever had a Bible bum, a numbum caused by sitting for too long reading my Bible. Although, writing today's sermon did induce several numb incidents as I sat for hours slaving away at my desk, studying and writing this message just for you today. What was that? You say, ah, thank you, yes. But let me tell you this, science puns make me numb, but maths puns make me number. (laughs) That took seven takes. And even then it's not that good. Okay, maybe you'll just get numb to the whole experience. Turn with me in your Bibles. Pick up that book, move to Luke chapter 5, open the app, scroll through the reading interface. Let's read God's Word together. Luke chapter 5, starting at verse 12, it goes on this. While he was in one of the cities... There came a man full of leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and begged him. He said, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus, he stretched out his hand and he touched him. And he said, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. And he charged him to tell no one, but go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing as Moses commanded for a proof to them. But now, even more, the report about him, about Jesus, went abroad and crowds they gathered to hear him. And he healed their infirmities, but he would withdraw to desolate places to pray. Today's story is about a man suffering from leprosy, who has an encounter with Jesus that leaves his life transformed. But the word leprosy, it conjures up images of horrible deformities and ugliness and sickness, you know, people who look like zombies walking. Leprosy itself is a disease that's caused by bacteria. It's an infectious disease. But did you know that that 95% of people who become infected with the bacteria that causes leprosy actually never, never develop any symptoms at all. 
even though it can take up to 20 years for the symptoms to show. Now, in, in our lifetime, tremendous progress has been made towards eliminating leprosy from the earth. Back in the 1980s, there was estimated to be some 5 million people suffering from leprosy in the world. Today, that number is down to something closer to 200,000. So a tremendous reduction over the last few decades. Now, the countries that are still battling leprosy today, the main one is, is India, that has over half the cases in the world. And also Brazil and, and Indonesia follow close behind. Now, if you've ever seen a picture or maybe a, a, a segment on the, on the news or video film of someone suffering from leprosy, probably the thing that you remember most is the, the horrible deformities, the, the, the missing fingers, the missing feet, the missing legs even. It all looks so horribly painful. But the strange thing is, it's not. You see, leprosy doesn't physically hurt you at all. Le leprosy is a disease of the nerves. It stops you feeling pain in your fingers and in your toes and in your feet. There's no feeling at all. So one of the main symptoms of leprosy is, a, is an absence it's an absence of pain. Have you ever got a, what, a paper cut? Yeah, those things really hurt, don't they? And what do you do when you get a little paper cut in your finger? You, you stick it in your mouth. Mm. It's instinctive, isn't it? When you hurt it, you suck it. Mm. Obviously hurt lots of cake. And I suck it, put it in my mouth. No, but when you get a paper cut, right? It hurts and you stick it in your mouth. And that kind of instinctive reaction to put it in your mouth and, and suck it, it, your saliva cleans the wound. And what do you do then? You, you go to the sink, you, you wash it properly. And maybe you put a plaster on it to stop you catching the edge of that cut on something else as you're working because that really hurts too, doesn't it? And the plaster, it, it helps keep the wound clean and, and it heals. But if you have leprosy, that paper cut doesn't hurt. You don't feel it at all, which may sound like a good idea. After all, we spend most of our time and our energy trying to avoid pain, you know, physical pain, emotional pain. We try to avoid pain all the time. So a disease that stops you from feeling pain, I mean, it sounds more like a superpower than a disability, right? But here's the problem. Even though you don't feel the paper cut if you have leprosy, the, the, the damage is still done. And just because you don't notice it or feel it at the time, it doesn't mean it didn't happen. So when, when you cut your finger, if you suffer from leprosy, you don't feel it. So you don't instinctively put it in your mouth to suck it clean. You don't know because you don't notice that you need to put a plaster on that thing to keep it clean, to stop it getting dirty, stop it getting infected. And that's what causes people who suffer from leprosy to end up feeling, losing their fingers and their toes and their hands and their feet. It's those unnoticed, untreated wounds and cuts and bruises that never heal because they get infected. You see, leprosy, it ruins your life because it stops you feeling 
yet the absence of pain or the absence of any kind of feeling at all, that's the problem. It leaves you numb. And, and numb is dangerous because you can get comfortable with it. 1979 was a very good year. It saw the release of Star Trek, the motion picture, in December. But did you know we almost never got to see it? Because the world nearly ended the month before. You see, shortly before 9am on November the 9th, 1979, the computer screens in the NORAD facility under Cheyenne Mountain lit up, showing that a massive Russian nuclear missile attack was underway against the United States. So the US military leapt into action, the, the klaxons were going, the red lights were flashing, the Minuteman ICBM nuclear missile bunkers across the American prairies were all spun up, put on high alert. Two keys were put into the board and ready to be turned. The fighter jets scrambled, even the National Emergency Airborne Command Post, the, the President's Doomsday Plane, took off into the air. Now, while all this was happening, as the American nation was rushing towards DEFCON 1, an all-out nuclear war, a group of generals in a side room were looking at a data feed from America's top secret space-based satellite surveillance system. You know, spy satellites seem like something we've all heard of, but back in 1979, people didn't know they existed. And the generals looked at the images from these primitive spy satellites and there was no trace at all of the launch of any Russian nuclear missiles. And so they stood down the red alert. The planes landed, the missiles were deactivated and the world stepped back from the brink of nuclear war. And no one ever knew that this had happened for, for years to come. So what did happen? Well, eventually it was discovered that someone had accidentally loaded a training tape into the computers at NORAD, and the world almost ended as part of a video game simulation of a fake missile launch that was supposed to be a training exercise. Now, another major cultural event in 1979 was Pink Floyd's Pink Floyd, Pink Floyd released their album, The Wall. Maybe the best known track is Another Brick in the Wall. I'm sure all children know the, the chorus that goes, we don't need no education. Yeah, sing it at school every summer. But the second best known track from The Wall is also the title for today's sermon. It's called comfortably numb. Now there are two ways you can end up feeling numb. You can have too much feeling or too little feeling. See, you can have too little feeling maybe because you've had a, an anaesthetic, you've taken a painkiller, or maybe you've got a disease like leprosy that damages your nerves and it just stops you being able to feel those pain signals. You can also have too much feeling is kind of as the sensory overload and it can leave you feeling numb because actually your brain just starts to tune out these sensations that never stop especially emotional ones 
So I just want to pause for a second and think about this idea of emotional numbness. Now we're at the tail end of a global pandemic. Please God, we're at the tail end. And, and emotional numbness, yeah, compassion fatigue, it's been a real problem, especially over the last 12 months. In fact, the British Medical Journal a couple of months ago published an article talking about rapid onset compassion fatigue as a problem that's affecting people working in the front line of medical care. And it's described as being very similar to combat fatigue that soldiers suffer when they see huge amounts of death and suffering in a war situation and they just end up becoming numb to it. But you don't have to work in a hospital on the COVID front line in order to experience yeah, emotional numbness. We are all unique, yeah. And the worst thing that ever happened to me is, well, it's the worst thing that ever happened to me. It was stressful, it, it was painful, and it doesn't matter that something worse may have happened to you or to someone else, because I don't feel what you feel, and you don't feel what I feel. We, we are all unique individuals. So I mustn't allow myself to become numb to your pain your distress your worries your fears just because they don't look anything like mine they're very real to you and just because the thing that that keeps me awake at night uh, worrying is something that doesn't cause you even a second thought but it doesn't mean it's not a real source of stress to me and I don't want us as God's family at Hope Church ever to fall into the trap of becoming comfortably numb to the pain and the distress of other people we need to notice we need to care and be empathetic as it says in philippians let each of you look not only to his own interests but also to the interests of others we should be always kind to one another tender-hearted forgiving one another as christ forgave you now, the, the, this man who suffered from leprosy in today's passage, he was in a place he wasn't supposed to be. The Bible says that they were in one of the cities. We don't know which one, but they were in a city. And people with leprosy were not allowed inside cities or towns or even villages. They were, they were outcasts. They were social pariahs, reduced to begging on the outskirts of the town. But this man, he, he has come into town in search of Jesus. And when he sees him, what does he do? Perhaps he, he recognises him from a previous visit. Perhaps he'd been following along behind Jesus for some time, trying to find an, an opportunity to speak to him. And then he takes his chance. He rushes up to Jesus and he falls at his feet. And what does he do? He speaks. He speaks faith. He doesn't ask if Jesus is able to remove his leprosy. The man has no doubt that Jesus can do it. He simply asks, is Jesus willing? In other words, he says, Jesus, do you care? Do, do you care about my situation? People have been ignoring me for, for years. They, they cross the road when they see me coming. and They pretend I don't exist. They, they look right through me as if I'm not there. But, but what about you, Jesus? Do you care? Do you see me? Do you care enough to rescue me? So before he speaks, Jesus, he reaches out and he touches 
this man, this social outcast. Perhaps it's the first human contact he's had for years. And Jesus reaches out and he breaks the taboos and the social norms. He sees the man and not the disease. And Jesus answers, I am willing. Jesus was really willing to reach out, to make a connection, to touch this person who lives on the edge of society. And we, we must be willing to always do the same. Now Luke, who, who wrote this gospel book, he is a doctor, okay, and we can be confident in his diagnosis. So when he says that this man, before he had his encounter with Jesus, was full of leprosy, not a touch, not a mild case, but he was full of leprosy, that's really what happened. And, and the, the more I thought about this passage during the week, the more I began to realise that Actually, there's more going on here than maybe we we realise when we read these very familiar stories of Jesus. There's things going on here that I had never noticed before. First of all, the man with leprosy, he recognised Jesus. Now, in case you forget, okay, in the Bible times, there was no daily news, okay? There was no newspapers. How would this man even know what Jesus looked like? There was no Facebook, there's a blessing right there but there was there was no social media how did this man know that it was jesus and not some other bloke with beard and sandals he he must have seen jesus before perhaps he was hiding at the back of the outskirts of the crowd next to the sea of galilee listening to jesus teach before he got into peter's boat as he talked about a couple of weeks ago and put that net out for a big catch in, in the early morning Perhaps he was hiding at the back of the crowd that surrounded Simon Peter's house when Jesus went in and healed the mother-in-law and then started to heal the people in the crowd. But, you know, being an unclean leper, he could not have gotten close. He could not have gone in to that crowd to try and have an encounter with this man who heals. But somehow, on this day, this man, full of leprosy, he sneaks into town, he searches for and he finds Jesus, he recognises him and he falls at his feet. What happens next? You might be tempted to think that he asked Jesus to heal him. But I think you'd be wrong. The man asks to be made clean. He doesn't ask to be healed. And it's not the same thing. Let's just, let's just take a peek at the Greek for a second. I like that. Let's take a peek at the Greek. Okay, our new slot, peek at the Greek. The man asked Jesus to make him clean. That's katharizo in the Greek, okay? The word never means healing. It always means ritual cleansing, making something clean and pure so that it can be used in worship. It's a word that Jesus also uses that time when he's telling the Pharisees off, saying that you know, you're so concerned about cleaning the outside of your cups and your bowls, but they're actually full of rotten meat on the inside. You know, this kind of ceremonial cleaning he's talking about. So when someone or something has been catharizo, yeah, it, it is ceremonially clean. It can be touched, it can be used, and in particular it can be used in worship. So this man that has sought out Jesus has fallen at his feet. He's not saying, heal me. He's asking to be allowed back in, to have his impurity 
removed, his ceremonial impurity, his ritual dirtiness to be removed so that he is worthy of going back into the temple to worship, to be allowed back into his family and back into society. And Jesus reaches out and he touches him, this ritually unclean person where to the the, the Jewish mind at the time that would have caused the contamination to spread to Jesus and made him unclean as well. But while the man is still full of leprosy, Jesus reaches out and he touches him and he says, I am willing, be clean, be cleansed. Jesus doesn't say be healed, he says be clean. Well, the the mechanism for the man becoming clean is indeed the removal of his leprosy, the healing from that disease. But I think the point is that's just a side effect. Jesus recognised what the man was really asking. So Jesus doesn't answer him by saying, be healed. Jesus says, be cleansed. Be welcomed back into the worshipping community. Welcome back into the temple. In fact, then Jesus tells him, go and show the priest in the temple and make all those sacrifices, follow that ritual laid out in Leviticus 14, for the return of a person to the worshipping community whose leprosy has been cleansed. And guess where else in the New Testament this word katharizo turns up? It's used in, in Hebrews and in 2 Peter when it's talking about the cleansing of our sins. You see, I think leprosy is a metaphor for sin. It's the thing that makes us unclean and, and unable to enter the holy presence of God. And this man, he sees Jesus for who he is. He is the the Messiah, the one who will take away the sins of the world. The one who cleanses us all from all unrighteousness so that we can boldly approach God on his throne of grace. So just like Jesus cleansed the man, removing his leprosy, Jesus, he cleanses us as well. He cleanses us of our sin, those things inside of us that make us feel unclean and unworthy and unwelcome in the presence of God and other believers perhaps we too sometimes stand at the at the back of the crowd not feeling welcome not wanting to join in but Jesus says to you I am willing be clean now for for most people watching today you probably call yourself a Christian. Yeah, you, you are a follower of Jesus. Your sins have been forgiven. You are clean. But let me just ask you this. Do you always feel clean? Or do you feel sometimes numb? Is, is, is there something that you carry on the inside that causes you to sometimes feel a little bit of imposter syndrome when you gather with other Christians, when we come together to, to worship? Does it ever cause you to hold back, to feel unworthy as others are worshipping and celebrating around you? You know, the, the things that we do, okay, the things that we've done, they, they can't be undone, right? We don't have a TARDIS. We don't have a time machine. Those things happened. We really did say those things we wish we'd never said. We can't unsay it. People remember that we said them. We really did those things we wish we never did. And we remember doing them. 
we can't take them back. And, and carrying those things with us, carrying those memories with us, carrying that guilt, perhaps, that, that shame, it can leave us feeling numb to the forgiveness and the love of God. Yeah, we might know in our head that God loves us, but numb in our heart because we don't feel forgiven. Or perhaps we just don't forgive ourselves. We're not willing to accept God's forgiveness. You know, we are all unique, yet we are different. And we all, we all, I have no doubt, have done things and said things that we, we would be horrified, you know, if they were played out on a cinema screen, if they were made public. Maybe things we did and said before we knew any better, before we were Christians, yeah, before we gave our lives to Jesus, or maybe things that we did after we became Christians and we ought to have known better. But we did it anyway, and we carry that guilt with us still. And we know that we can't undo those things. So we don't know what to do or to say about it. But the constant shame and the guilt can end up leaving us feeling numb. Then maybe you broke the law. Perhaps you fiddled your taxes. Did, did you steal something from work? Maybe you married the wrong person and then got divorced. Perhaps you were the wrong person in that marriage and you can't believe today that you behaved like that then. Maybe there was a pregnancy that you chose to end or you were the driver of the car that crashed into someone else. Perhaps drugs or drink or something else you gave yourself over to and let it control you. And you did things that you wish with all your heart that you hadn't. You know, the Bible isn't lying when it says in 1 John that the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. Cleanses us. It's that word again, Catharizo. Jesus, he cleanses us from our sin, from all of our sin. Dare you ask him. Are you willing, Jesus, to make me clean? Because if you do, he says, I promise you, I am willing. He says, be clean. Your sins are washed away. All of them. Not some of them. All of them. And I think part of the reason why Jesus told this man who used to have leprosy but now has been cleaned, the reason why Jesus told this man to go to see the priest at the temple to complete the purification rituals that Moses had laid out was to give the man the assurance that he really was cleansed and accepted back into the temple. And I think that's part of the reason why God ordained those purification rituals in the first place back in Leviticus 14 to be able to prove beyond any doubt that the person truly was cleansed and allowed back into the family and into the temple. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. You know, this 
is the love and the grace of our Lord Jesus. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. In a moment, I want to to pray for you, church family. Before I do, I want to give an opportunity for anyone who's listening today, who's watching today, to receive that cleansing forgiveness of Jesus. He's willing to give it if you are willing to accept it. Just pray with me. Because God loves you and he wants you to become a part of his family, part of his kingdom. The invitation is there. You just need to accept it by asking Jesus to become Lord of your life. Jesus, I pray that you would bless every person watching right now and bless their family with long and healthy lives. Lord Jesus, I pray that you'd make yourself real to them, that you would do a quick work in their heart. If they've not received you as their Lord and Savior, they will choose to do so now. If you want to get right with God today, if you want to receive that cleansing of every single thing you have ever done, that causes you regret or shame, it only takes a moment. So say this prayer with me. Say it in your heart, say it out loud with your lips. It's going to come up on the screen. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you that you died for me. I believe that you are risen from the dead and that you're coming back again for me. So come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me and cleanse me and set me free. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. And give me a passion for the lost, a hunger for things of God and a holy boldness to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because I'm saved, I'm born again, I'm forgiven and I'm on my way to heaven because I have Jesus in my heart. Amen. But if you pray this prayer with me today, I can tell you that all of your sins have been forgiven. You are cleansed. Always remember to run towards God and not away from God because he loves you and he has a great plan for your life. And if you prayed this prayer with us today, please click that button that's on the screen right now. Just raise your hand and let us know that you have decided to follow Jesus. Now, what about you, Hope fam? Every believer who's watching or listening here today, Jesus, he wants to bless you today. So why don't you pray with me and accept his full cleansing over everything you've ever done? Father, we thank you for your love and for your grace. You do not deal with us according to our sins, but according to the righteousness of Jesus. You cast our sins away as far as the east is from the west. So forgive us, Lord, for holding on to things that you have cast aside. You are willing to cleanse us from all of our sins, and you have done so without partiality or without favoritism. We are all forgiven the moment we put our faith in Jesus. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come and minister to the body of Christ right now as people listen, as people watch. Touch those places that need healing in their hearts right now for those things that we do not forgive ourselves for. In the name of Jesus, right now, I break those chains of bitterness and guilt and regret. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And that includes freedom from our own emotional baggage and mistakes. Today is indeed Freedom Day in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Bless you, church. Listen, Pop-Up Pastors is coming in this week ahead on Wednesday, the 30th of June. We're going to be go and meet up down by the river in Malmesbury next to the Longstay Car Park. 
easy to find, easy to park, no, not a long walk to get there. So come and join us, Lydia and I'm going to hang out there for 90 minutes or so. Bring a fold-up chair and a thermos of tea, an opportunity just to gather and see people safely outdoors. So pop, also pop in your diary for Sunday the 11th of July. Let's try and organise a picnic after online church. Venue to be decided, more details to come. But for now, this Wednesday the 30th, 1 o'clock, next to the river in the Marmsley Longstay Car Park. Well, thank you for joining us at Hope Online. We are going to be here every week until we get to reopen the doors of our churches and we hope to give you details of how that's going to happen really soon. I'm going to bring this part of the service to a close, but the chat's going to remain open. If you want to pray with someone, just click that request prayer button. It'll open up a private confidential window and you could talk to me or Lydia. We're going to continue to pray for you guys in the weeks ahead. Thank you for your prayers for us and your faithful financial support that's allowed us to continue to do all that we've done throughout the last 18 months. Now God sees your sacrifice and the seed that you sow will yield a harvest. That's the promise of scripture. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you his peace. All of our midweek events are on Facebook and YouTube. We've got communion on the couch Monday night with me and Lydia at 7.30. That's in the Hope Family Facebook group. We've got Words of Hope, the Bible study with the ladies who lead, Lydia and Sue, on Tuesday morning. That's also on YouTube and Facebook. It's at 10 o'clock a.m. And don't forget, pop-up pastors by the River in Malmesbury at 1 on Wednesday. Until then, be good, be happy, be healthy, be holy. And we'll see you next week. Bye for now.